finished. Better cut out, surely. Oh, there it goes. It's just faded very quickly there. Was it a fade? Uh, I don't know if that was a fade. Do you want it again? No. No? You happy with that? I'm happy with that one. Sunday Scotch Sessions 12 with the Cox Nota, Stuart Cox, and Peter Curtis, DJ. I've got a question before tonight's antics. I want to know how many dates you gave up to um, perform this show. Mate, tell you what, it's been a heavy, uh, it's been a heavy period, you know, it's just the, the offer's coming thick and fast. Right. You know, just, uh, it's one of those heavy weeks. But this is what I'm committed to, you know. I'm as, an, as an artiste, one has to, you know, take priority in, in the creative outlet. And that's what I do here, Peter. Every time we do a Scotch session, I'm giving up spending wads of cash on women who are, who knows what their uh, motivations are, but... Yeah, that's part of the game, isn't it? I wouldn't know I'm married. But the the fact that you, you have... You played that game, you would know. You played that game for a long time it's all before you get married. It's all distant memory, though. Man, I don't remember those days at all. <laughs> all right. Well, what have you got for us tonight? You got a few bit of a mix of stuff? I've got, I got a couple of class. I got. It's actually going to be a bit of a heavy show, so if you are listening back here at work, you might want to save this Scott session for another time. Cause mm. You're going to give us a bit of it's going grumble. To a, it's going to be a little heavy, I think. Really? Yeah, I'm, really I'm, going to, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to out-heavy you on the reputation of bands. I reckon I can out-heavy you. And then, but you're going to be as equally surprised by some of the uh, tunes that I'm going to pull out tonight. But anyway, I'm going to start this one, and then we'll let you uh, follow up with a second, yeah? Nice.
you know, I was a family dominated by June birthdays. I'm one of them late in the month, but I'm a Cancerian. So anyone who sends presents to me, yeah, it's PO Box five nine eight Waverley, New South Wales. <laughs> and I don't accept dead cats. Good so. couple of tracks to open there, Stuart. We've got uh, a few belters to get through. We have I've got one for us now, which is probably gonna be the heaviest band of the night. Licky lips. I don't know if we should have that at the start. <laughs>
right, Pete, we're back on. That was Black Cab, no doubt, the last one there. Yeah, very few uh, bands, Stuart, get a get a double appearance on the old Scott Sessions. Black Cab we played a little earlier on, but that's, <laughs> they that's got a three. they got three, actually, if you count the one I did uh, from um, Quickfire 5. Yeah, we both like these guys. Um, underground Melbourne Electronica. Oh, getting aggressive uh, with the microphone here, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, new single, Go Slow. We haven't heard from these guys for a few years uh, after Combat Boots. This, this, I got my Combat Boots on. Their sound has changed a lot. Um, and most of the reviews that I've read about them can't properly describe their sound because it's just changed so much. Very program, very electronically um, driven there. But to my liking, what did you think? Man, I, I liked it. I thought it was very... I don't know. It's almost uh, took me back to the when I used to live in the Midlands of England. You know, a bit of Birmingham, cold, wintry days, and and you know, trying to find my way to the Worcester town centre past about seven curry shops. <laughs> Mind you, it's always good to stop in those curry shops. There's some great, uh, the best, some of the best curries in the world. I've been told are in uh, England, despite I'm pretty sure India would have the, <laughs> the best curries, but English people do tell me they're the best curries. I certainly had some good curries. You did. Your first tune there, Stuart. Um, My first tune. Sounded like, I don't know, was it a newie? Well, yeah, you would think that it was a newie, and I'm going to surprise you by telling you that was Slipknot off their album. Hang on a second. That's Slipknot, I'll put the mask on, charge out onto the stage with two drummers suspended from the roof. Yeah, yeah, two drummers, like the nine-headed, 18-legged machine that it was. Uh, And apparently they're back. They've got some plans next year. That was... um, that song was called Circle, and that's one of their strong acoustic numbers. And I, I, I thought, gee, I remember they had a, a good acoustic number. I couldn't remember the name of it, and I went back to it, and I was like, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Circle is the one. And that was from Volume 3, The Subliminal Verses. And, you know, I was, it was hard to choose between that and People Equals Shit, which is one of the other. Yeah. Oh, that's a People good equal shit. It's a we catchy tune. It's not quite ready for the Scotch <laughs> sessions, but you know there could be a harder session in here that maybe could bring in a remix of People Equals Shit. Yeah, Slipknot remind me. I don't of usually that. swear here, by the way. This is just slipping in there because it's the name of a song, obviously. Slipknot remind me of the melodic old, heart, you know, the, the the heavy metal like the Megadeths and the the, oh. the melodic. Melodic metal like back in the uh, Iron Maiden territory. Yeah. Yeah. It's long gone now. It's long gone. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to another couple of tunes. And uh, I might kick this one off because you're gonna kick this one. All right, you kick this one, and I'll surprise you with another little, uh, little tickler.
myself up to anybody but myself up Loving the cruel sea there, taking you back a few years. Ah, the cruel sea, great tune, great yeah. band. Could you work it? Did you know it was cruel sea? Uh, now that you say it, but they had uh, some a few big tunes there that I, I recognise the guy's voice. That uh, they had that mid nineties groove covered over oh. here at least. Anyway, I don't think they really smashed it overseas. I mean, it's strange that it's weird. Like if they had been an American band, I reckon they would have stole. Sold a gazillion copies of 
honeymoon is over. Bad agents, maybe. Well, it's just, I don't know, it's just timing sometimes. I think, not that I'm an experienced word, a spokesman on on the uh, music scene. But when you reflect on the sound that they had and the bands that made it and didn't from Australia, I'd have to say, why didn't they? Exactly. It's like being a black actor in the 30s. You know, if it's not your time, you just don't get appreciated. I don't think any of them were black. Hey? I don't think any of them were black. They weren't. It's just an analogy. I know. I'm just giving an analogy here. I wasn't making... But I I found a little chestnut of uh, information there. The band was signed by Red Eye Records. Red Eye Records being the store that was on... uh, George Street. No, uh, no, it's not George Street. It's King. on um, King. King Street. You used to go up the stairs next to the flight centre. Are they a rep- was a nice gay bloke in there. Looked after me. Took me. <laughs> I booked some flights over to... Uh, I don't know, he's gay. I just had my suspicions. They, <laughs> I did have my suspicions. Are they high profile enough to be wanting to be signed? <laughs> what? Are we talking about the... Uh... No, no, not the gay guy. No, sorry. Um... Are they high profile enough to what? So you said that they were signed to Red Eye Records. Yeah, the band was signed by Red Eye Records. Well, I didn't actually know that they were some in, major um, record label. A nine. Basically, they invite invited Tex Perkins on stage. He was the lighting technician. This is quite famous. So he was lighting technician. He doesn't even know, he sings with the B Suburban, right? But uh, they're an instrumental group, and he's like being just sitting back, penning a few lyrics to their instrumentals, and he's like, I like them, but you know. I wouldn't mind singing anybody <laughs> but you. Yeah. Plus, he's also about six foot twelve, which would be seven foot. Anyway, let's, uh, let's not get into the. He's Scotchy and strong. Cross anyway, C. great, great pick, great tune. So your song before that was Incubus. Wish you were here, wasn't it? Period again. I think for most of us, gradu- graduating kids in the late nineties. Late nineties. Yeah, I wasn't graduating. I was still trying to find my feed around university. I was looking for a toga to wear. Yeah, kind of that sort of Pearl Jam era. Um, oh, probably their biggest tune. I, I actually... Um, I remember the red arm tattoo. He had a red arm tattoo. Yeah. No, no one had a red tattoo back then. Californian band. Tattoos weren't even in vogue back then. Only Angry Anderson had them. It was pretty much the only person in Australia had a tattoo. <laughs> and the bloke who drove, or blokes who drove trucks, anyone else, nah, forget it. Well, the lead singer of Incubus did, and they started warming up for Tool. Um, they did. Mm, Californian band. Uh, that would be something opening up for Tool. Man, it's pretty hard to open for Tool though, because I'm pretty sure they give them about you know three PA's and just you know some crappy lighting, and all of a sudden Tool come out with a guy as their lead guitarist who used to do the effects for Terminator Two. And they've got every clip and special effect in town. It goes completely dark, and there's like lightning basically coming from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, you don't really compare. They've got the, the theatrical side of the the rock gig covered. Mm. All right, I'm going to boot us into the next section here with another. Um, there's a little bit of nostalgia going on. My old housemate Nudge would appreciate this one. He loves a bit of nostalgia. Is Nudge, you listening? Oh, I'll get him listening. I'll say, Nudge, you're listening to me.
I can't help myself 
We're back at the Sunday Scotch Sessions, number 12. DJ Peter, the uh, last tune there was yours, in fact. Who was that? That was um, Man Without Country, Inflammable... It's a Welsh duo. Um, Man Without Country? I think, I think about the best... Wales is not a country? No, it's Britain. True. God Save the Queen at the Olympics. I wouldn't want to sing that. But the best, the best of Tough. new music for Tough. me, for me, of the new, the new electro, the new yeah. uh, sort of um, uh, pop that's going around. Um, picked up by M eighty three, toured the world, was their warm up act, and um, put out a brilliant album last year, Foe, which I missed completely, and just picked up recently. What's more insulting is that I missed it. I'm one who's meant to have the be reading street press every week, but oh, I've slipped off the mast. Off the uh, off the pace there, haven't I? Too busy doing bloody fast food commercials and shit. So the full album um, recorded in their bedroom on Ableton. Um, yeah. Lead singer Ryan, I think, brings a real indie vibe to the tune, to the to the album. But um, definitely want to check out Foe F O E. If you haven't heard this album, you need to get it. F O E Foe. I'll look out for it. Always fancied a good Foe. Um, the song before that, what do you think? Uh, another classic? That is a bit of an old classic. That's uh, The Sneaker Pimps. I don't even know who The Sneaker Pimps are, do you, Pete? Well, I, I've heard, I have heard of that, that title. Trip-hop period, mate. Hartlepool, England, 94. They were formed. Trip-top. And, um, yeah, they were just really one of those bands I had really no idea about. I, I remember there were a lot of these bands going around at the time. Like they had a song, Six Underground, and... They had a number of other tunes in there. They snuck onto the Spawn soundtrack as well somehow. But my old housemate Nudge, if you're out there, Nudge, I want to try and you know play that song for you, mate. I, try, I put it on there and I thought Nudge, he's the man. He used to he used to get blind two on mentions. his on his forex uh, bitters. Did he two mentions, Nudge? Hey, two mentions. What? You got two mentions tonight? Did I mention before? Yeah, Nudge. Really? Go off, hey dad. I didn't mention him off, hey dad. Did I? I was a guy on Hey Dad Nudge, remember? Yeah, no, but I didn't mention him earlier, so I said it. You did, last, last, last. No, I said it to you in the break there, Twerk. No, you didn't. I'm sure I did. No, we'll go didn't. back on the show. We'll have a look at it. <laughs> no, Nudge, Nudge, if you're out there, mate, you got two mentions. You didn't get two mentions. No one gets two mentions in this show. Anyway, so, <laughs> Nudgy, mate, used to uh, do a strip tease to the song Half-Life, which is the song preceding Low Five. And that's off the album Splinter by Sneaker Pimps. They had a interesting career, and and they've gone on to do some writing and producing for other people, including Lana Del Rey and Nana Cherry and Natalie, our own Natalie Imbruglia. Some of the that's uh, Liam Howe, not Howlett, Howe. So yeah, they haven't just you know died. They. Uh, actually pushed on and did a few things so I was I'm pretty impressed and there's a couple of albums there that I I didn't have Bloodsport in 2002 and I didn't get the lead singer's IAMX project which apparently is, has some interesting singles as well so I will have to go and do a bit a bit more research mm. alright who have you got next Pete are we up to the last tune of the night track fives oh, yeah we are we are my god uh, where did that come from jeez quick snuck up on us we better mention the scotch well, we've done two. Ooh. Not two bottles. I mean, I know that I can hold my booze, but I don't speak this well after two bottles of scotch. Uh, we started with the... B- 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 uh, no, it was Bowmore. Bowmore, the Elay. Elay scotch. And uh, we finished off with the Glenfiddich 18 year. Mate, Glenfiddich 18. The biggest selling whiskey in the world ahead yeah. of Johnny Walker? Yeah, but the 18, the 18's not. No, is it the biggest selling single malt? Single malt. Yeah, that's right. That's better. Not a blend. All right. On that note, we'll go our last two, and then we'll do just a little recap at the end there, just because you want to hear our voices One, a little bit more. Two, three, five, eight, thirteen, twenty-one. One, two. Three, 
Well, well, well. Curtis, you've outdone yourself there with the last tune of the night. What the fuck is going Oh, hang on. I was patting those speakers there because obviously we were being a bit loud earlier on, but now we're back. I hear you in the left ear. Oh, can you hear me in the left ear? I can do. you hear me in the right? Oh, yeah. freaking, oh. You what? got all startled when that last tune came on. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Watch. Oh, did I stop that? No, I didn't stop it. Fuck, you get to the end of the end of the podcast, all kinds of mayhem's happening. Now I can hear myself. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Last can you tune, hear me now? Last tune um, was BT Fibonacci sequence. For those involved in the progressive house scene, there's no introduction. You make it sound as if you're a pioneer yourself. But for those that may have been caught up in a Brisbane indie scene... Um, the introduction is that 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 was a that was an opening track to a very pinnacle CD in our time in our what, what was what was this pivotal CD? Um, it was an early global underground CD. G U eleven. <laughs> that's a long way down the list there of the GUs. It started in the mid nineties, dude. Uh, that's hilarious. Anyway, BT Californian Progressive House. Um, early producer, like way back, way back in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was saying, "Ready, Steady, Go" was the song of his that was like a late nineties movie theme. Powerhouse, wasn't it? It was like "Ready, Steady, oh, Go." If anyone knows what happened to BT, if you could post up on the site, I actually went searching for some of his stuff a couple of years ago. Actually, because I, I was curious, because I remember it was down the list of um, big beat, you know. Um, yeah. Producers that I hadn't actually had any of his stuff ever, yeah. and I always remember his. He had a couple of songs that were just absolute belters. I was like, yeah. man, I always should have had some of his stuff. Yeah. And I found a list at my mum's place in a drawer, and it was like uh, Meat Beat Manifesto, BT. Um, <laughs> who else is in there? There were a couple other massive, uh, no like way. big beat. Like yeah. uh, people in there, pioneers. Yeah, pioneers. And I was like, I just didn't have any of theirs. I had everyone else covered, and obviously, I'd planned to go around and buy these CDs. But this is the time where, you know, you couldn't just these were import CDs that I was buying of propeller heads mm. and whatnot. You couldn't just go and buy Fatboy Slim's back catalog. You had to order it in, mm. and that, the chance of that actually being a decent CD were pretty slim. No pun intended. Yeah, for um, me, that was the opening track to Sasha's uh, Globe Brand Underground 11. And for me, it was a, a bit of a, a oh. acknowledgement to the contribution that that producer had made to the electronic scene through the 90s. He was holding up the uh, the American forch, so to speak. Pretty much. With maybe Crystal Method. Until Skrill Rex came along. Skrill Rex? Who's his skill Rex? He must, no. he must have been at five. How old are you? 74? <laughs> Your first tune there, Stuart, uh, Doves. Oh, I can't believe it. I've done a repeat here. It's very unlike us to do a repeat, but, you know, I just, I was getting into Pete's moment and I just felt I had to follow it with some sort of song and then I just, obviously, my mind spoke over my, oh, sorry, my heart spoke over my head and said, Doves Jetstream is Have the- you got anything decent to say about this, this band? Well, Doves, well, I remember Doves wrote in their liner notes of their first CD, which is called Lost Souls, which had uh, the man who stole everything. Sort of. I think something like that. Stole cool. something. Yeah. It's not the man who stole the world. That's David Bowie. But um, anyway, so basically he wrote in his liner notes that his musical teacher had told him that he had no talent. And so he, he was basically giving the, the finger and saying, here you go, pal. I made it. I got a record deal. The man who sold it all. Mm. And that was the song that really projected them up the, uh, the charts. So the Doves, or Doves, shall I say, very big. Big tune, Stuart. Big big way to uh, close out the set. It's been a bit of a heavy couple of hours. Man, we've got interesting, uh, interesting a, a visitor set. that's walked in, so we might have to kick off a, a, an off-cut. We're going to do an off-cut. We're going to sever this session. And because of the momentum we've have, and in terms of, you know, alcoholic substances and just the music consuming us, we're going to have to do a little follow-up session. So look out for the follow-up session, which has a special guest appearance as well. All right, thanks, Pete, for that one. Beautiful Scotch sure. session, twelve. Nice.